Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. And then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, to his left. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, it's a Thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host, Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host, Kevin Milberton, at Moscow Mush. You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. Joining us this week, once again, we have Stephen White from St. Mary's Stat Base to chat over Saturday's game home to Newcastle. Uh, and you'll, you'll get our thoughts on our trip to Carrow Road as we take on FA Cup quarter-finalists Norwich City. But first, as always, my co-host, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milberton, who is, once again, he's graced us with his presence back in sunny old Southampton. <laughs> Say hello, Kevin. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, but more importantly, how are you doing? I'm fine, yeah. It's been an absolutely hectic week. Um, Tell us about it. Decided to come over at the height of the coronavirus pandemic panic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, survived the, the flight and trip down here to the south coast. Um, yeah, I've had an excellent week. I'm here for a couple more days, but uh, yeah, managed to take in yesterday's match as well. Um, yeah, meet up with a few people around here. A bit of uh, birthday celebration yesterday, sort of. Uh, it's considered bad luck in Russia to celebrate your birthday before it happens. But um, <laughs> we're not in Russia. We're not in Russia, so it doesn't <laughs> happen. Doesn't doesn't count. Um, but yeah, a great night last night. Uh, we bumped into. 
none other than Radio Silence Adam Blackmore. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was a nice surprise. He just um, spotted us and he came over and he said, he was a bit starstruck, to be honest. <laughs> Are you the guys from that In That Number podcast? Said, yeah. <laughs> he asked us if we could have photos together, <laughs> autographs, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course we were obliged to. Yeah. <laughs> Anything for a fan, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, good mood. Yeah. That'll pass. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I didn't let yesterday's match uh, put a downer on my trip. <laughs> No, I'm going to break the mood. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, right, a bit of news before the news. Uh, our guest, Stephen White, who we are very pleased to announce, has agreed to join the team on a permanent basis. Steve will be our resident statistical analyst. Uh, I guess the numbers in, in that number. So, Steve, welcome back and welcome to the team. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, yeah. As I was saying uh, earlier, really pleased to be part of the team and uh, yeah, looking forward to what we uh, can get for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting journey. Um, we need, need someone to share all the miseries that we go through week in, week out and uh, hopefully share some of the successes as well. But, um, yeah, it's great to have you on the team. Yeah, I second that, Kev, well said. And um, as we are now officially a three, you can actually yes. give him a, f- a follow on, on Twitter. So he's on... Well, he's Saint Steve, and you can follow him at uh, Statman Steve. So that's at Statman underscore Steve. So yeah, give him a follow. And yeah, and he's, he's going to join us each week. So he's going to do what he does best and uh, give us some some numbers and some stats on the team and how they've done on the previous game and what they're going to do next week, hopefully. Um, so yeah, that should be uh, should be good going forward. Yeah, um, yeah, really excited um, what, what we kind of do for the future. Um, and yeah, as you said, I'm now on Twitter, so yeah, please give me a follow, um, and I'll be updating that as it as it comes. Also, update my Instagram page too. Um, but yeah, being a trio now, I'm very excited uh, from where we go from here. This is ITN In That Number News. Okay, so ITN News then. We are going to start with, the, I guess it's kind of breaking news, I suppose. It was, I read about it this morning. Um, apparently, Gao, Chairman Gao, has put the club up for sale. Kev, do you have a spare 250 million quid? Um, I'll just have a look in my pocket to see what I've got. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there, there had been rumours going around before that he was um, selling up. But, um, again, there's... Not with any official weight to this, is there? You know, I, I, I mean, I don't really want to give it any credence at the moment because it has been, as you said, it's come out before. But, I mean, if it is true, it's got to be good news, right? Um, you kind of want to say that you can't get much worse than an anonymous Chinese investor. <laughs> but um, I'm <laughs> knowing our luck, um, yeah, we'll probably get someone even dodgier. But, yeah, <laughs> you never know. Um, I think... Even if he sells part of the club, I mean, that would make it a bit more stable, I suppose. Yeah, um, I was very surprised in that this morning. I've I've seen also the rumours going around that he could be looking to sell. Um, I think it could be good news for us, um, considering he's overseen um, you know, the managerial appointments of... Um, uh, Pellegrini um, and also Hughes and now we're doing a lot better with Hassan Hootel but uh, yeah it's not been perhaps the best three years so um, I think we can kind of see this as good news but hopefully um, it does come to light if, if it's not just rumours 
yeah, hopefully we get someone in that actually wants to spend money on the football club and, you know, help us take that step to push up the league. Um, and we discussed last week the Hoiberg contract saga. Uh, reports this week that he had refused an extension. They have since been denied by the club. Ralph stated on Wednesday that there has been no contract talk and he still stands by his previous statement uh, that they won't be discussed until we have that magic number and we are mathematically safe. Kev, we actually had a chat with Adam Blackmore about this yesterday um, uh, and what he said to us that there has been no contract talk, there is nothing, it's all rubbish. So I guess we have to take that. Yeah, so it was more that he hadn't been offered a contract rather than um, the, the club wanting to offer him one mm. and then refusing. It looks like Saints maybe have moved on a little bit and maybe they've got someone lined up to replace him. Mm, maybe. But as I say, I mean, rest assured, we're not going to hear the end of this this summer. Um, but yeah, as I say, I only read this in the Echo this morning. Um, and Ralph thinks that he can tempt him into a new deal. Uh, but if he needs tempting, <laughs> surely, you know, why do we want him? If, if we have to tempt a player to come and play, it's kind of like... I don't know, we're begging him to stay. Well, yeah, and we gave him that captain's armband because he showed that sort of passion and love for the club. But if that's gone, then I guess the captain's armband should be gone as well. Exactly, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, and Steve, um, if there is a huge Hoiberg-shaped hole in the side next season, um, how does that impact us? I mean, do you, do you have any numbers to back up Hoiberg's importance to the side? Yeah, I think going on to you know what you guys were saying as well is that he is he is an important player for us. I think sometimes fans can kind of get on his back a little bit when he starts to misplace passes. But um, yeah, this week I've been looking at Hoiberg's stats, and um, you'd be quite surprised actually. Um, so he's actually top uh, in our team for passes attempted. He's top with nearly one thousand five hundred, um, which is a really good number. Um, he's also top for passes into the final third passed into the penalty area. Um, surprisingly, he's actually first for fouls drawn too. So I think that shows more about his role this season um, under Ralph in that double pivot with Warprouse. Um, and another good stat from him is that he's, he's top in tackles one. So from uh, you know, a defensive midfielder, that's the kind of stats that you really hope for and expect. So I think he would kind of be a, be a big gap, but Potentially someone could come in and fill that place. Um, we need someone who's good at um, the long passes and the medium passes. So when I say that, I mean long passes are anything over 25 yards and medium passes is between 5 to 25 yards. And he's, he's top again for both those stats in the team. So I mean, he's an excellent... What is considered a key pass? key pass is one that um, you know actually reaches the player and um, it, it reaches it in that danger zone. So kind of the final third, really. Um, yeah, I think he's 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 come under a bit of criticism for some sideways passes recently. Um, but I think if you look at his overall game, he is getting those final ball passes into the, into into the final third, and I think that's really encouraging. Really, that's quite surprising um, by statistics because I think a lot of those key passes and passes into the final third must go under the radar a bit. Because I mean, you look at what he does for most of the game, and I suppose those back passes or sideway passes the ones that burn into the memory and frustrate the fans but um, yeah I mean he must be doing a lot that we're sort of missing yeah and 
I mean, going on some basic stats that I read in the week, Steve, it said that, I mean, I read that it, 64 uh, successful tackles, 39 interceptions, not out of 91 aerial duels, 49 of them have been won, because he's not really known to be good in the air, but that kind of says that he, you know, he has been very successful, and as you said, he's had 1,527 passes, and that's actually 15th in the league, so that's yeah, exactly. pretty good. Um, yeah, but then on the flip side, one assist and no goals this season. Yes, <laughs> um, that is something I would like to highlight. I think, um, as you might have seen from my stat during the week, he's top for um, shots attempted but with no goals, and that's in the whole of the Premier League. Um, so his end product's been severely lacking this season. Um, we've seen a lot go over the bar, or um, perhaps when he's 10 yards out, he's just skied it. Um, yeah, I think that is probably the headline um, stat where he's not been so great on. Um, he's in our in our team. He's actually 14th for shots on target, um, and actually his completion rate um, for passing in terms of the sh- the short passing. So I'm not talking about the medium or long passing here. He's 11th um, in the team. So I think he struggles a bit more with when players are kind of next to him, um, just getting those kind of passes in to kind of um, get the ball rolling. But the longer and the medium passes, he's, he's very key on. I, one thing that stats can't really measure is, is passion and heart, and he, has, he does have that. But Kev, do you think he's replaceable um, for the right price, I guess? I think any player ultimately is replaceable, um, as long as you find a decent enough replacement. That's uh, the problem, isn't it? This is why we need to repair. I don't mind him going as long as we have that replacement there, a ready-made yeah. box-to-box midfielder that can do those, you know, ping a pass from the from a centre-back position to a right wing or something like that. I think with other positions, maybe it's possible that we could do a classic Saints thing and take a risk on the unproven young talent from one of the European leagues. But when you're replacing a behemoth like Hoiberg, you do need someone with proven talent. So I think, again, Ralph might need to bite his tongue a little bit and take someone maybe a bit older and hopefully with Premier League experience even. Towards the end of the game, um, when the players are coming over and clapping, uh, I did see Hoiberg keep repeatedly um, smashing you know, the Saints badge. He was um, mm. giving a lot of applause to the fans and I thought that was really good from him, especially from all the rumours I've been flying about this week. Um, so yeah, I think he's he's done a very good job in the team since he's been here. Um, but as you say, no player is replaceable. So is 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 irreplaceable. So other news: Arsenal reached the well the sixth round, the quarterfinals of the FA Cup with a comprehensive victory over. Oh, them scum down the road. Yeah. Do they have a name? I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, them anyway. Uh, but yeah, you got it right. Um, so with that, our game was uh, was due to take place on Mothering Sunday on the 22nd of March. It's now being rescheduled. At the time of recording, we still do not have a date. So yeah, look out for that one. And Mark Hughes, he's got a new job. Have you heard this, guys? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do occasionally watch uh, in Sports and I'm going to be treated to his punditry on a regular basis. Just can't get rid of him, can we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear, is it, that's the same one that Mourinho was working for for a little while as well. From oh, was it? Yeah, he was doing the Champions League coverage, wasn't he? Oh right. Oh okay. I didn't know this. Um, Kevin, any more news for you? 
Um, a couple. Um, if well, we're talking about former Saints, uh, Victor Wanyama's uh, being transferred to Montreal Impact in the MLS from Spurs and a free transfer. Um, so I mentioned that. Um, I mean, was there even talk among Saints fans of getting him back? I don't know. I think I think that ship's sailed, hasn't it? Yeah, I think his wage packets way too high <laughs> for our for our budget. Um, yeah, other than the omnipresent coronavirus threat <laughs> that's even hit our club, apparently they're banning handshakes and autographs. I heard, yeah. <laughs> fist bumps, because that's that's better. Yeah. Minimal physical contact, isn't it? Um, yeah, it doesn't stop them from howling each other, though, does it? Um, yeah, Actually, just on that coronavirus, before you move on, uh, we, we saw Freddie from the ugly inside at the end of the game, and he said he doesn't remember ever seeing like a, a queue for the sink at St Mary's Stadium. There was like, a, there was like queues <laughs> of like six back or something, because everyone was washing their hands for 20 seconds, yeah. using the hand sanitizers, there was hand sanitizer drying the, ta- the hands. It's like, get nicked, never, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's never been seen before. Uh, And yeah, that brings us on quite nicely to um, uh, the health of our squad. Um, Yeah, Redmond apparently could be back in training uh, before the Norwich match. So, um, what with Gineppo's suspension, and um, I mean, Armstrong was out with concussion, but I imagine he'd be back in time for that Norwich match. And, yeah, Smallbone wasn't included yesterday's squad. Um, he's been out of training with an unidentified illness. Hope, hope it's nothing serious. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. OK, on to the game from yesterday. Newcastle, of course. Um, Newcastle went in looking for just their second double over us. The last time they achieved this was under Graham Souness in 2004-2005. Uh, we have been winless in five Premier League games against Newcastle, two draws and three losses going into this one. So now that's, oh, that's three defeats in a row. It's the first time they've done that in their history, vanquishing that record of failing to score in their last four Premier League games. Of course we would, of course it would happen. So yeah, Newcastle win 1-0, a goal from uh, Alan Saint-Massaman. Um, starting 11, guys, um, I'll go through it as usual. Uh, McCarthy, Valerie, Stevens, Ber- Bednarik, Bertrand... Gineppo, Ward-Prowse, Hoiberg, Buffal, Long and Ings. So that was Ings back in. Armstrong out with a concussion, so Gineppo is welcome back. Uh, James Ward-Prowse goes back into the middle. And Jan Valery returned for his first game since November with catastrophic conclusions. Um, Steve, what did you make of that, of that 11? Yeah, um, I was, well, excited to see Danny Ings back, actually. Um, and also for Buffal and Gineppo to get the chances to play on those on those wing sides. Um, but I did think the inclusion of Valerie was potentially kind of, um, <laughs> you know, be a point in the game. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll come on to that. <laughs> we will. Um, and actually, Kev, when we were walking to the stadium and we saw the, the, the team sheet come up, and you looked, you grabbed my phone, looked at it, and the first thing that you said to me was, oh, I don't know, I don't fancy Valerie against Maxipad. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, vindicated. Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, on the one hand, it's good to see him back in the team, because, um, I don't know, I feel a bit bad about him. Too many nights at Burner Lounge. Well, yeah, I need to keep him out of there, don't I? <laughs> um, but, yeah, absolutely nonsense to have um, him and Carl Walker-Peters on the bench and stick Paul Prowse on the uh, right back again. 
um, that didn't work last time, did it? Um, so yeah, it's either Valerie or Walker, Valerie or Walker Peters. Um, but I think physically they're kind of the same player, aren't they? And they've both had criticism from Ralph. He's been quite open and saying that you know they're not quite up to the standard they'd hoped for, but he doesn't really have much choice. Um, but yeah, I think that did turn out to be the key battle, and um, I think Steve Bruce kind of spotted a weakness on our right wing, and um, when we looked at the Newcastle lineup, um, I mean it was put out as a four-four-two with um, Dwight Gale and uh, Almiron up front, but I mean you, you said to me that Saint Maxman's probably going to be playing forward would be more like a four-three-three, and that's exactly what it was. I think for a, a large proportion of the match. They were all sort of magnetically attracted to a, our right wing there. Then <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, they definitely, definitely spotted a weakness there. Um, one of many. One of many. Yeah. Um, and and the bench. Uh, well, Gunn, Vestergaard, Danso, Kai Walker, Peters, three defenders there. Uh, Romeo, Adams, and Oberfemi. It's just kind of what we expected again, wasn't it? With that. Danso back again. And Danso, yeah. Mm. <laughs> he was well needed. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, anyway, we're going to the game And I'll start with you, Steve How, how did you see the start of this? Yeah, I, um, I thought we started actually really brightly um, We were going at them I was really encouraged by the signs I saw um, And I thought, really, like in the first kind of 20 minutes That we could potentially get a goal here um, And I thought it was going quite well I thought, um, just based on those first 20 minutes That I thought I was quite encouraged by what I saw, and I thought we were going to get a win. Um, but yeah, then 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 a VAR moment came. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just completely threw our game plan out. But before the before the VAR came in, the the Alex McCarthy with an amazing triple save there from um, Dwight Gale, just mm. incredible, incredible. Yeah, he's only took on two of them, wasn't he? Um, he had um, a couple off of Almiron as well. But yeah, that, that triple save just just unbelievable. Um, yeah, I mean, especially coming off the back of the, uh, that Burnley match, and, um, and yeah, uh, yeah, and that, that that awful mistake against West Ham as well. Mm. Um, it's good to see he's got his confidence back. Um, yeah, I mean, Valerie, my fears were kind of allayed in the first half. I thought I was, I did, you know, have for one eye on Valerie throughout most of the match. And he's looking quite good. I thought so as well. Mm. I mean, I've seen he's, uh, he's been had a lot of criticism. But yeah, um, Steve, before the the red card, mm. what did you what did you make of Valerie? I thought he was really good, actually. Um, oh, good. I'm glad glad you said that because he has been copping quite a bit of flag. But I thought he was good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he actually got a shot on goal in the end, I think. Um, oh, and he was running down the right wing, loving it with uh, Gineppo. Um Yeah, I thought he was really good. He sort of danced his way, um, sort of out danced. Um, Sam Maximan down the right wing there. Um, I think maybe that time in um, Buddha Bar and uh, <laughs> dancing away the Saturday nights has uh, definitely <laughs> paid dividends. For his footwork, no, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's, he was looking very good with the fancy footwork. Um, but yeah, then it all changed in the 26th minute. Yeah. Okay, so we'll talk about that. Well, I'll start with you, Steve. The, the red card, um, what did you make of it? Yeah, so I think from where I was standing, um, I think Gineppo, he, he was kind of running through and then it looked like he was going to lose the ball. He was running through two or three players um, and it looked like he just lunged for the ball. Um, the ref just blew the whistle and I was thinking, oh, um, I, I don't really know what's happened here. Yeah. 
Yeah, got a yellow we're on the same as you, yeah. I mean, we were on the other side of the pitch from it, and yeah, didn't have a view. Um, I was obviously following the ball, um, which which had lost, and yeah, it, it took a little while for him to sort of play it back, and I thought, oh, what's he stopped it for? Yeah, we didn't know. Right? He's given him the yellow card, and I didn't even know what it was for. Yeah, yeah. Um, but having look thought, at, looked at it, did you think that was a red? Uh, I think it looks worse than slow motion. Um, you could tell oh, he's not really... Yeah, he's, he's not really going in to injure the player. Um, no. I think you know, we've seen worse challenges in the Premier League. So, you know, especially given the week he's had, I thought it was, yeah, very, it was, it was harsh, but I think probably the fair decision, but it's just very unlucky. Yeah, I mean, when I saw the replay and all the fans were like, no, they were like booing as soon as they saw, the, saw it come up on the, on the screen. But actually, it was nasty. It, laws of the game state that that's the red card, it's dangerous play and I think the ref got a lot of lot of you know, criticism for that, but mm. I think he did the right thing. Yeah, I mean the the fans are gonna be biased, aren't they? Of course they are a wanker and say that he doesn't know what he's doing. Um but in this case he clearly does know what he's doing. He actually went to the to the pitch monitor, side yeah. monitor and looked back at it and made the decision himself, that's a red card. I think, well, all right, this is what we've been crying out for, you know, the video assisting the referee. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, when I saw it, I mean, he is very late on that tackle. Um, the ball was long lost, and, yeah, he just managed... It's, it's poor timing. Maybe his head's not entirely in the right place. And, yeah, he's, he just lands straight on his ankle there. So, a bit of an ankle crusher, wasn't it? Yeah. But, I mean, Steve, for, forget the fans booing and, you know, booing the ref and blaming VAR and all this, but it, what was really, really nice was the way that they responded to Gineppo. Not just the fans, but the players as well as he marched off the pitch. I mean, Adam Blackmore said to us yesterday that we all need to get behind and rally around Musa because he's you know, he's having a hard time at the moment with his mum and all that. Yeah. Still young as well. He's moved away from home. He's lost his mum. Now he's facing a suspension. Now he's got a suspension. Yeah. And it feels like this is, you know, we lost because of him. Um, but we do need to rally rally. He is a kid, and it is a turbulent time in his life. I mean, you, you saw Ings hugging him off the pitch. Bufal was fantastic with him as well, because he, yeah. he gave him a kiss on the cheek, and he lifted his chin up, mm. and lifted his head up, and patted him on the back, and was just like, come on. And then Valerie got involved a bit too, and he was, you could see he was close to tears as he was going off. So I'm hoping yeah. that when they went in there at half-time, they were, they were all over him, and just like, come on, we can still do this. Yeah, I mean, as I say, he is a young guy. He's, he's only 21, I think. Um, and it's been a very, very tough week for him. So, uh, yeah, for that, for that to happen to him. Um, yes, yeah, just feel sad for the guy, really. Um, you know, I think the fans were brilliant, still singing his name as he was uh, obviously walking off. And I think um, he's got that quite tight bond, I think, with Valerie and Bufal because they're all French-speaking. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was nice for them to, to kind of get around him and, you know... Um, just unfortunate, really. And Ralph, after the match, had nothing but good things to say, words of encouragement and support. That's really important. For Gineppo, yeah. So you can't really blame him. So I think, you know, um, he's definitely got the network of support there in, in the club. We've got a great bunch of lads there. Yeah. That's definitely good. So, yeah, anyway, that was the um, the third player to be sent off for us this season. And no, no side has been shown as many cards uh, as Samantin. So there's three... Players sent off. Kev, do you know who they are? Um, well, famously Bertrand against Leicester. <laughs> and yeah. there's another one at the beginning of the season. And, uh, yeah. Against United. Yes, I think Yeah, that's second yellow. 
pretty much ended his running the first time. Yeah, I suppose it did, yeah. Um, so, yeah, playing with ten men so early on, always going to be difficult. And then, of course, we changed it up a bit, Steve. We had Long up front of the zone, and, and Ings kind of moved down to that wing. Yeah, he did, yeah. Ings started playing on the left, actually. Yeah. Uh, and I thought he actually did quite well, to be honest. Um, he was getting a lot of tackles in down that left side. Um, he was he was doing... He, I thought he had some great cover with, um, with Bertrand when Bertrand was going up, and he was back. I don't think I've ever seen Ings... In in our in our box as much as he was yesterday, he was up and down there. So yeah, doing a yeah, good job. Yeah, I thought he played really well. Um, I was kind of surprised actually. I thought potentially Long might play on the left because he's obviously got more pace. But um, yeah, probably the correct decision actually. Um, but as soon as that red card happened, Newcastle actually started playing, started um, having a go at us. Before yeah. then, they didn't really do anything. <laughs> if I'm honest. No, no, you're right. You're right. You are spot on with that. Um, but Kev, what do we do in this situation? Do we? I mean, do you want to see us go for it or stick to the game plan that we had at the start of the game or do you want to sit back and defend? How do you... Yeah, whatever happens, you've got to kind of um, sit back, slow the game down. Um, I mean, you're playing 4-4-1 with Long on his own up top and he didn't really have much to play with um, Long for for about an hour. You know, we were firefighting until the end of the match. And I think maybe close to the end you can have maybe try roll of the dice, but um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, and we, and we ceased that high press, um, and we just reverted to defending a bit deeper. Um, I suppose it's a natural thing when you're down to ten men. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought we did really well actually defending um, for the majority of the game, considering games where we've had to do that. So for example, obviously with. Um, Bertram red card against Leicester and um, we just capitulated in that game but then we kind of go back to the Man City game um, we defended really well in that we were kind of a bit unfortunate um, to come away with a loss there um, but I, th- I thought we did really well and I thought potentially we could go on and nick a, nick a goal or just keep it a nil-nil and I would have been happy with that I don't think I was I, was, I share your <laughs> optimism now I thought we, if we <laughs> went in at half at nil-nil I thought we'd be, we'd be lucky I thought they were having a little bit, as you said, in Newcastle, where they picked up when they had that red card, probably smelt the blood. And there was a moment when Shelby had, had the ball on the right and he pinged a brilliant cross into the box. Fantastic cross. It was pinpoint and Dwight Gow header. He sort of fell into it with his head. Yeah, he didn't need to do anything because the cross was that good. I didn't realise how good it was until I watched it back today. Um, and Gow just, you know, straight at McCarthy. or well, McCarthy for the rescue again. But actually, Dwight Gow hasn't scored this season. Um, his last goal was in a championship playoff for West Brom last May, so it would only it would only have been natural for him to open his account against Saints, and he had plenty of chances because he missed again uh, yeah. straight after it was those Shelby long balls that we were fearing coming into this match. But yeah, that that wasn't what undid us in the end. Yeah, it was just defensive lapses, I guess, wasn't it? And a horror show at the back on some sides. And I know Steve said they defended well, but they defended better in the second half. They had, obviously they had a game plan so that to that you know, approach it with the 10 men and all that. But just before the half, I thought defensively we're making too many errors. Um, and Dwight Gow had a hat-trick of uh, chances. And they weren't just half chances, well, they were no, no. great chances. Mm. And, you know, and if Ings had those, he would have put them all away. There's that. I mean, kind of near, quite near the end of the um, the first half, the Sam Max band beats uh, Buffa and Valerie along that left wing. I think that's where... Valerie started to show his nerves a bit and yeah, makes a, a great cross um, off 
straight past Jack Stevens to Dwight Gale, who manages to hit, hit it short of the left post. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think if anybody else had been there, we might have had more worries. But. Yeah. And then Steve uh, Lascelles actually had the ball in the net. It was a free kick. Um, I almost forgot about that, to be honest. And yeah. It comes across the box and they put it in the net. But yeah, offside, correct decision. Yeah, it was quite funny actually, because um, it just kind of happened, and then Newcastle fans were obviously celebrating, and then um, you know the flag, the linesman's flag came up, and uh, we gave them a bit of stick, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of pleased that that did, did happen. <laughs> yeah, because there was this one guy that was looking at me, and he kept on doing like the VAR box sign with his fingers, and I <laughs> just kept, he just kept on and on and on, and I turned around to you or Sai and said. Uh, I just need something to happen so we can just rub it in his face and that was it. <laughs> That's the only thing we could cheer about when, when our, their goal was disallowed. Well, um, we had another chance to cheer because his um, VAR box drawing came in handy again. They must have been listening to him. When, um, yeah, it was just after that corner that Hoiberg conceded. Um, yeah, Buffal kind of makes a, a clearance on the break for a counter-attack and then gets stopped and the referee, um, yeah, calls it back for I thought it was for the yellow card initially because um, Fernandez kind of fouls Buffon doesn't he oh right yes yeah. I know I'm yeah. with you yeah um, just as he's moving off and yeah then eventually gets called back for a fucking penalty just out of nowhere yeah what we kind of missed it didn't we Kev but um yeah yeah I thought it, I, I thought it was a free kick on Buffon we're like yeah. oh okay here we go and they get the, they get the penalty um, but well Steve did you think that was a correct decision um, at the time, I actually did see his arm kind of go up towards the ball, and I was thinking, oh, I really hope they don't pull it back for that. Um, <laughs> oh, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's at the time, though, but then I've watched it since on Match of the Day, and actually the defender, he does actually, like, kind of push Buffal, and I think he's trying to hit it with his chest, but it comes up with his arm, so I thought it was really harsh. Harsh, but laws of the game, I guess. Because from, yeah. from the replay that we saw... Um, yeah, it does. It comes off his. He's in the box. Comes off his uh, arm, and it looks intentional if you're just looking at Buffal. But I don't understand how you can. And that yellow card stood as well. Mm. So you can penalise Fernandez for that foul for pushing him, but when you push him into the ball, still can see the penalty. That doesn't add up for me. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, unfair. I thought. But yeah, anyway, the the, the penalty. Uh Alex McCarthy is the first Saints keeper to save a penalty at St Mary's since Calvin Davis, and that was against Man United in 2012. Oh, wow. So that was 2,743 days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I counted it. These stats are contagious, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. And also, Newcastle have missed uh, four of their last five penalties. So oh, shocking. Yeah, well, it, it was, it was all there. Good to see that skate. We were like uh, Alex McCarthy had a blinder in that first half. I mean, yeah. you know, but the be- I think the best forty-five minutes of the season for him, and I think I can say that without any fear of contradiction as well. No, I'd agree with you. Um, Steve, half time came. It was nil-nil. We hung on, having the penalty save. Um, what was the half time team talk? You know, what did Ralph say to them? Um, Obviously, you I don't know. I'm just guessing. I'm, you know, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> well, I was actually in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, we've had these moments before. Obviously, we've had those red card moments. And I think, kind of in light of that, he knew that we had to stay solid at the back. 
um, kind of try and counter a bit, which we did do a few times, I thought, with, with Hoiberg um, coming out in the second half. But, um, yeah, I think just trying to get something from the game, really. Um, not not try and concede from, you know, a silly error or, or um, anything defensively. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think just feeling cyber confidence, really. You know, we've, it's been a tough couple of weeks, really, for us. So, yeah. Try and keep that confidence up. And then the second half, Kev, a little bit, little bit better or better defensively, seemed more organised. Um, and we actually, you know, had that one shot of note from Shane Long. Yeah. Um, bad shot, bad decision because he had the Eddings square. Yeah, he was, he'd made that run, and we weren't getting many chances um, in that second half. And I mean, this is what we said before uh, against Villa. You know, we had so many chances, but we weren't making the most of them. Um, and here you've got the chances a few and far between and you definitely have to take them but yeah long rather than just kind of skying it should have just just squared it across the rings at the far post but yeah after that I don't think we really had a, a, any chances of note well I mean long had that other shot as well just before he was taken off for Adams when he uh, he turned the cells and then just hit one straight down the throat of the Bravka but that was just yeah. a, you know, a wild shot Weak. half chance straight down the middle but, but Steve, Newcastle, they were getting frustrated because they didn't have anything. They had no creativity. Um, and I looked at, looked at you and Cy, Kev, um, during those exchanges. And, and, and Simon said to me, actually, he didn't, he didn't seem worried at all because he thought Newcastle were just not good enough. They don't have the quality to be able to break us down. And it was going to take something like that for them to do it. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Mm. So the only creativity that they did have did come from San, San Maximum. Yeah, all those odd crosses from, yeah, from Shelby, Shelby, and if yeah. they'd have had a you know a number nine, maybe they would have put it away. But yeah, yeah. but the, um, the goal, Steve. I mean, out of nowhere, shocker. Yeah, uh, I think before that actually, um, you know, Stevens had the ball actually at the back, and he he had. Um, there was a moment in the game where Newcastle defender was coming very close to him and he just managed to kind of back heel it and go the other side and I was thinking, oh, don't do that. <laughs> and then <laughs> um, Valerie kind of, he, the ball comes over, Valerie just, you know, very casually kind of chests it, it, it loops off to his left and then Sir Maximum just comes up behind and I'm thinking, why didn't you just kick it? You could have just kicked it anywhere. Yeah, I'd have been yeah. happy with that. Yeah. Um, as soon as he kind of raced on, you knew like you know, what was kind of going to end. Um with, with that chance, and unfortunately it did end in a goal. I mean, Kev, going off of that, I mean, how do you feel? How do you feel about Valerie after that? Uh, I think his performance was getting. It started. He started off brightly, nervous, and, and just yeah, he just started to tail off and get you know a bit more nervy as they piled the pressure on on that wing, and yeah, just. That, that that lapse of concentration. He had all the time in the world, you know. No. Why he had to control it on his chest and um, yeah, I mean, yeah, try to take another hit on it. Could have gone back to McCarthy. Could have gone out. Wide, it in any direction. Out. Yeah, yeah. Any, anything but that. Mm. I mean, he, may, any he may as well have just stopped. Yeah. And just not bothered. Fall on the ball. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so. I mean, you could see Ralph's frustration at the end of the game as well when he was interviewing and he just said, there's nothing you can do about, about things like that. You, you, he thought they played well the second half, they defended really well. As I say, they look organised. And then you can't plan for those mistakes, can you? It just happens. And it's and you knew right there that Saints have not got enough to do anything about it. I mean, I know Shadam's come on and, and Michael Oberfemi come on a little bit later, but 
too little, too late. Difficult to do that sort of play with ten men. Um, and also the way that Newcastle were playing. I mean, they, they had limited chances. They didn't do anything after that. They didn't need to. And they, they didn't look like they were going to get a second. They didn't want to get a second. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the way you want to play them, fair enough. But you knew right there that that was going to be the game. Yeah, I think, um, as, as we were saying earlier, like we, de- we defended very well. Um, kind of got a few stats on that as well. Um, Hoiberg had the most tackles in the game with three um, out of both sides. Hmm. Again, Hoiberg and Moore Prowse, um, they were highest for Saints with tackles drawn um, from other players with two. Um, Valerie, he actually had three interceptions all before that, um, you know, chance that some maximum tucked away. Okay, so that um, backs up our point that, that he had a good game. He, he did. Think, yeah. Yeah. Until that point, he did have a good game. Um, but I did see that he looked quite tired and I was thinking mm. around the 75th minute mark, potentially it's a good chance to bring on Walker Peters, like get him some game time anyway. Value looks tired. It's probably a good substitution to make. Um, but it just, just didn't happen. Yeah, it's a strange one. I mean, because he didn't use all three subs, did he? No, um, two, Adams and Oberfemi. And he knows that Valerie hasn't been getting the game time. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, that was it. It was it was one nil, and VAR dominated the game. That'll be the headline. Well, that is the headlines. Um, overall, too much to do with the ten men. I mean, it, it wasn't going to be a high-scoring game, was it? We knew it wasn't going to be. Um, with, with, you know, with our form, their form, the lack of goals, uh, and Ralph commented on the lack of consistency from VAR. Um, Graham Scott, the referee. He, I mean, he goes to the he goes to his monitor to correct his yellow card for the red, uh, to a red. Sorry. Um, he has no problem with that, by the way, Ralph Hasenau. He said that's the way that it should be used, yeah. as you said. Hmm. But then he, he's saying what, we need to be more consistent. With why did he not look at it for the penalty? Yeah. Um, why not? I mean, they're, they're looking at the penalty and waiting for it. The ref's waiting. Why not go over and take a look? Take a look yourself. Make that decision yourself. Especially when it contradicts the decision that he's already made. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, refs aren't making these decisions. That's the problem that people have got with it. Um, but Newcastle were poor yesterday, um, and it took them that long to score against the shit Saints side with ten men. So yeah. you know, and it took a mistake, yeah, a mistake of that ilk to to do it. Yeah, I think just the problem with yesterday is the referee was just so inconsistent. I think um, you know, obviously we got our red card, but then there was a moment where I can't remember who it was, but Bertram got you know he got studs in the chest, and there was nothing for that yeah. challenge. So I just I just don't understand why it's so inconsistent. Yeah, I think, well, it's always going to be like that, isn't it? It's always the case. Yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't get these decisions against these uh, big northern clubs, you know. <laughs> 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 um, but Newcastle had scored a league low 24 goals this season from 13 different scorers. And Steve Bruce had never won away, uh, well, never won a game at St Mary's. That's six previous visits, there's drawing two and losing four. He can scratch that off his list now, can't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you remember yesterday, Kev, that I said to you there'll be a stat about the lowest total of goals scored on a three o'clock kickoff? I said, that, you know, there'll be something out. Was there on that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, okay. This was indeed the lowest total of goals scored since the 24th of November 2001, my 17th birthday. That's wow. how long ago it was. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steve, do you have any stats from the game yesterday? Uh, yes, I do. Um, that, that is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, as we've kind of alluded to earlier, Saints didn't really have many great chances. Um, I was looking at the Times G, and the best one was Shane Long with 0.3, which is a shocker. <laughs> um, kind of compared to um, the Newcastle players, I think um, 
we were highlighting Gale and he had a few chances. He had a timeshare 1.3, um, so he really should have come away with the goal, but it weren't for McCarthy's wonder saves. Um, yeah, long and the most shots for us, three shots, one on target. Um, Bertrand, um, he had the highest times assist, which was 0.2. It's all very kind of low oh. numbers. Not great at all. Um, but interestingly, he actually had the most crosses in the game, um, level with Shelby, with six. So, oh. again, as, as we were saying earlier, you know, um, Newcastle didn't really kind of have that threat, and it was mostly coming from Shelby. So, um, yeah, maybe we would have kind of been fair to get a draw there, but um, it wasn't to be. Um, but, yeah, McCarthy is very good. Um, he made... made numerous saves and uh, yeah if it wasn't for that last one then um, yeah we would have come away with a point yeah yeah I think um, you said that uh, uh, while we're on the topic of McCarthy that he's a great shot stopper but he doesn't really command his box uh, that well and yeah I think if he if he was commanding his box well that, that, that second goal wouldn't have happened because he just, he just kind of sticks a leg out and it's not really quite enough yeah, um, and I think, yeah, it, it was just unfortunate. His save rate was 85%. Obviously, that's going down to the goal that went in. Um, but yeah, kind of, I guess, compared to Dubravka, he didn't really have to work that hard. Um, and he is a very good keeper, Dubravka, as well. Uh, so I think we kind of... Yeah, they have him, yeah. Him. Yeah. Um, yeah, our passing accuracy wasn't the best in that game. Certainly, probably not as good as the West Ham game. We had 69% passing accuracy to their 81%. And they, they had more passes as well, obviously, because we were defending for the majority of the game. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think we kind of need to move on to the next game and get some more possession and passing going again. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but just before we move on to, um, to Norwich next week, um, I'm going to have to ask you for your man of the matches. I'm going to go first. <laughs> Because I never go first anymore. Um, I think it's a no-brainer, as you said. Um, it's Alex, Alex McCarthy for me, and I will be shocked if you two disagree. <laughs> You're not going to be shocked. <laughs> and Kevin, fan of the match? Me and Macca, of course. Okay. And Steve? Yeah, of course, McCarthy. Brilliant. Okay. That's, that's going to be the first time that happens all season, I think. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Norwich next week, the Saturday the 14th of March. Um Kevin, <laughs> where do we see this one going? Um, are they there for the take-in, or is this a potential banana skin? Um, both. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they're the bottom side for a reason. They do like to ship goals, don't they? Yes. Yes, they do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're quite partial to scoring them as well. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a very... Uh, it's a kind of change of tack compared to yesterday's game. Well, let's hope we have 11 men. <laughs> yeah, we, we could do with that. We? <laughs> it's always a good start, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, they're not a bad side, Norwich. Um, I mean, compared to last season, I mean, Huddersfield were absolutely fucking dire. Um, whereas Norwich, I think, you know, if there were a couple of other teams that were like the newly promoted sides from previous seasons that have gone down. Um, yeah, they might have a chance of staying up, but um, yeah, unfortunately, it's not really working out for them. But they stuck with their manager, right? So yeah, um, yeah, I think there must be a belief there that they can possibly do it, and they're going to need to win games like this at home. And yeah, they will be looking at this one. They probably don't do what we do and like look at it and think, "Oh, we've got Saints coming up at home. We need to take all three points." Yeah, yeah they would. <laughs> 
they're on a bit of a downward spiral again. Mm. Um, but, but Steve, where, where does Valerie fit in in this game for you? Um, it's an interesting one. I think probably after the um, mistake that he made, he's probably lost his place now to Walker Peters. Um, but I was kind of thinking with Gineppo being out for the next couple of games, if if Armstrong um, can't make the game, then it's going to be interesting who goes in the right wing because mm. when Armstrong did get that um, concussion early on in the West Ham game, I saw Valerie was being prepared. So potentially Ralph was kind of looking to play him on the right. So I don't like the sound we'll, of that. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Well, as you say, we've got Armstrong. Is he going to be fit? I mean, was it concussion that he's out with? Gineppo's going to have that suspension. Redmond's not going to be back in time. So our only fit number 10 is going to be Boothbow. Yeah. Well, I mean, for what um, Ralph says, um, Redmond potentially could be back in the mix for that, for that Norwich match. Oh, okay. That's um, good. Another week. Yeah. So, but I think I think even if not, I think Armstrong should be a con- concussion. Doesn't normally warrant um, an extended. I don't know because it's a head injury. They kind of they do take it seriously these days. Sure. In any other sport, concussion could be a long time out. Looking yeah. at months. I know in hockey. You get a concussion, they have to go through concussion protocol. Mm. Um, and it, I mean, it might, it might be different over here. I'm, I'm not a doctor, as you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of them um, working with uh, Saints, and um, I don't know. I, I've, I've just got, I maybe I've just got a feeling that Armstrong could be could be in there if Redmond's not. But yeah, if, if it is literally just Bufal, um does he stick with that formation? I don't think he can. Can he? He um, take Buffon on the left, and if maybe Valerie on the right is Kraus on the right. Maybe I don't know. I don't understand that either. Really uh, I love the right back, but it's worked for us. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, Kev, you could you could play it right back. <laughs> well, really? uh, Asking you to do a job at right midfield. I don't. Yeah, we will do actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Norwich. I mean, they just dumped out Spurs in the cup. Um, and I'm, I'm not bothered about our away form as much as you know because I don't know. We seem to play a little bit better there. Uh, Jamie Pukie's got 11 goals for them this season so he's obviously the one to watch um, 19 home goals this season so they're six on the road um, and most of their goals have come at home so it's not often they don't do it in front of Delia <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, as I said as said, the rock bottom of the league 21 points 5 wins from 29 6 draws and 18 losses so they are there for the taking but maybe just not from us but um, Steve Statman Steve um, yeah. what do the stats say about their weaknesses yeah, so I was kind of having a look this morning at uh, Norwich's weaknesses. So they have the lowest crosses in the league. So that kind of tells me they kind of try to look to play a passing game and then it's kind of almost feed the ball into the net. And I think that's almost, you know, it's similar to us that we don't try to just um, launch the ball up front. We try to play around with it. So I think it's, it's going to be quite... Burnley style, is it? No. Yeah, I think it's going to be quite an open game. And I think... I'm just pleased, really, because we've had it tough playing against, you know, Burnley, West Ham, Newcastle. Um, yeah, I think we just kind of need to look at them in terms of they're the highest for penalty kicks conceded. Um, oh. If we can get in the box and cause them problems. It's a we haven't got anyone to run at them, though, because everyone's injured <laughs> or suspended. So Exactly. <laughs> Maybe three foul. Yeah, yeah, trying to get penalty. <laughs> yeah. that, that's our game plan. Just go, go, go straight for the jugular. Take him out. Steve Man will take him out. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, but as we were saying before, like they, I think Norwich actually have 
like one of the lowest goals tallies as well. So they're not going to be scoring bucket loads against us. Um, I think we just need to really keep um, playing our game um, and you know just try and take the game to them. Really, um, I was looking at the, the stats from the game we played against them in December. Um, James Ward Prowse, incidentally, had the highest crosses in that game, nine. So we know that they don't do too well with um, crossing the box, long balls. So maybe we can kind of play that to our advantage. Um, and yeah, I think just getting on the ball, really. He had the highest shots from Saints against Norwich. Um, I'd like to see him get his goal tally up as well. Um, yeah, I think I think our pacey players as well were a problem for them in that game. We had Long and Gineppo both with two fouls drawn, the highest in the game. So... Again, let's try and get Long on the ball up front and Bufau as well and try and get those kind of tackles drawn in and start getting those free kicks for Prowsey to knock into the box. Yeah, I think it's clear that Bufau is going to be a key player in this game for us, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, well, yeah, potentially Ings as well. It's been, it's been quite a while since he scored, man. Yeah, he's taken a break. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather he did it off the pitch than on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, predictions, guys. Um, who wants to go first? Actually, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep with the the current form. I'm gonna go yep. first if you don't mind. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what I want. I'm gonna say because I because I, I think I think Norwich have a goal in them, and I think we've got a mistake in us. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say they score, but I think Saints are gonna take it two one. I'm gonna go two one. Two one Saints. Okay. Um, well, I was about to go for a peat of the home fixture and go for two one because that's exactly what happened, isn't it? We conceded a team of Buki goal and managed to take it back two one. Um, yeah. Do I want to change that now? And yeah, how am I so confident after all these awful results? I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm going to step it up and say three one. We're going to. This is going to be the turnaround. That, that's what it was the last time as well. I think that was the result that made it clear to me that okay, yeah, we're probably not going to get relegated this season. Mm. Oh yeah, I was at that game. Yeah, mm. yeah, and that was that, that we played at Watford as well, didn't we? And done them yeah. two home games. Yeah, that's right. Um, Steve, Statman Steve. Yes, yes. Um, well, I think my prediction last week was. Very wrong. I said to Ray about an hour into the match, I said, Can you believe that we all predicted at least two goals from this match? Like, it's got <laughs> fucking nil nil written all over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go for the 2 1 Saints as well. I think we'll concede. Uh, so, yeah, I think hopefully, hopefully Ings will get a goal as well, and uh, that'll get him kind of kick started back on his goal form as well. Hmm. Maybe maybe Jay Adams getting his first goal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Do you think yeah. he'll start? I don't know. Long's got to keep going, hasn't he? Come off the bench. Can he? With, with three minutes to yeah, go. Yeah, the 81st minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. right then. We go into the Twitter game. Now, I just need to clarify that, Kevin, you are not looking at my screen. You, no, don't look <laughs> no, at my screen. As soon as I said that, expect? he looked at my screen. I on, so. No, he hasn't got his glasses on. Right, I'm going to turn the screen anyway because I don't want you to have a... Okay, right, the first one. You're not looking at Twitter now, are you, Kevin? No. Okay. I'm going to look at your screen, is that all right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's not looking on Twitter, Steve, don't worry. That's good, that's right. good. I, I, do you know, I'm going to start adding it from this week. I'm going to start keeping track of who wins. 
Okay. Well, I've got four out of five last week, didn't I? You Thanks. did. I actually starting from this week, though. So. <laughs> oh, <Sorry>. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would have been 1-0. Actually, no, we could do it, because it was so good. So, yeah, 1-0 one nil, one nil to Steve, okay? I'll take that. I'll take that. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, number one, Max Ahrens versus Shea Adams. Ahrens versus Adams. Whoa. That's tricky. Um, yeah, I don't feel like Aaron's, you know, he's kind of playing the Premier League this season and Adams was top goal scorer last season for the Championship, so I'm going to go with Adams on this one. I would as well. You are right. It was Max Aaron's 13,500 and Shea Adams 25,500. Hmm. So yeah, well done. Uh, next one, Todd Cantwell versus Sofiane Bufal. Cantwell Bufal. Oh, yeah, I think I'm going to camp well on this. I don't think Bufal maybe has earned the followers. Well, certainly not since been the Saints, anyway. Um, I just remember all, um, all of the uh, Moroccans on Facebook whenever Bufal was left out of the squad under Mark Hughes. Uh, they'd um, be all over the Saints page on Facebook <laughs> and Twitter and say, no Bufal, no party. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say Bufal just for a laugh. Okay, Bufal has 17.5 thousand, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Todd Cantwell has 24.6. Oh, yeah. So it is Cantwell. So Steve is, 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 has taken the lead there, Kev. Fair enough. Um, next one, uh, Tamu Puki versus James Ward-Prowse. Kev, you know, Kev can go first this time, I think. Ooh, Puki. Yeah, I'm going to go Puki as well, I think. Ward Prowse is not really that vocal on social media, so yeah, I'll go Puki. Ward Prowse has 84.9,000, and Puki doesn't have any. He doesn't have an official Twitter account, so, uh, okay. so that was a trick. So yeah, it was James Ward Prowse, but no score. Okay, uh, Emiliano Buendia versus Musa Gineppo. Tricky, tricky, tricky. Kev, you go first again. Okay, uh, I'm going to say Gineppo. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'll go Gineppo as well. Okay, so Gineppo has 13,000, exactly. And Buendia has 12.9,000. So oh. it is Gineppo, just about. Kev, you need to get a point. You need to get a point. Well, ask Steve first, so he doesn't just copy what I said. <laughs> no, Steve had, the first, Steve had the first two, you've had the next two, okay. and now Steve will get the next two. That's how it works. Oh, right. So, Tim Krull versus Nathan Redmond. Ah, uh, yes, 100% Krull. Penalty, heroic. Yeah, Krull, 100%. Are you gonna, he's, he's confident, This is the last Kev. one. No, there's one more. So, he's confident, Kev. So, are you going to go with him, or are you going to go and be a rogue and lose it? Uh, Possibly. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, cruel. Cruel intentions. <laughs> uh, Nathan Redmond has 101.8 thousand, and Tim Cruel has 354. Yeah. So it is Tim Cruel. So, Kev, you need this one to tie. The last one. <laughs> We're going to do the legends Chris Sutton versus James Beattie. Kev, Kev can go because we had two from you, you, then we had two from Kev, and then it was you, so Kev can go first. Was it? Yeah. Two, Steve had the first two, you had the next two, then Steve just went, and now you, so it'll be even, three each. All right, okay. Uh, Chris Sutton, James B. Yeah. Sutton. Okay. Yeah, I think Sutton's probably well known, oh, so yeah, I'll go for him as well. Yeah, it is, it is Chris Sutton, 214.4 thousand to James Beattie, 50.4, so it wasn't really that close, but 
Oh, brilliant. So, yeah, he, he keeps the lead. So, he's taking a 2 0 lead, Kev. Yeah, fair enough. Oh. He's last time for a media king. Yeah. Villa. <laughs> okay, welcome to the Extra Time segment. We'll start, as usual, with the predictions and another shocker, <laughs> Kev. <laughs> it's yeah, it, it, it's just embarrassing. That's four weeks in a row that we haven't scored. So I, I went two one to Saints. Kev went one one. So I guess you were closer. <laughs> and uh, Steve went two nil to Saints. So no points for the whole team. Fantastic, great work here, guys. So that the scores are as as they were before fifty one thirty nine to zero. I'm adding you in this now. <laughs> so yeah, fifty one to Kev, thirty nine to me, and a big fat zero for Steve. Unlucky, mate. Yeah, that yeah, <laughs> not good. <laughs> I don't think you're going to catch up this season, but never mind. Um, Super six. <laughs> oh, okay, right. So round forty-seven, we had joint winners with Paul Carpenter and Kevin Byrne on nine points, and then round forty-eight was yesterday's. We had Tom Hennigan with an incredible twenty. Wow, that was good. Um, so, and actually, now Tom Hennigan has jumped Stuart White for the lead. So Stuart um, has only scored six this week. Tom with his 20 leads the pack now on a 382. I'm sitting comfortably in 10th in the league. I'm just trying to go for that Champions League spot. Uh, whilst Kevin, you remain stuck at the, at the depths, rock bottom. Obviously, you can't, can't manage to work it. <laughs> oh, I don't care. You're still at the bottom. I'm going to take everything. Right, I'll do it again next season if you want. Yeah, good, good. Just someone to be below me, that's good. I said below me. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what you mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> fantasy football, Kevin. Yes, okay. Um, quick look at our Southampton FC Podcasters League. Um, yeah, John Bailey's still roaring away. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in second. Really? Yeah. Um, but Fre- Freddie is right on my heels. He's had a great week. I think um, a lot of people have played their wild cards uh, because of all of their injuries and uh, double game weeks coming up. Um, but yeah, my Alpha Romeo eleven. Um, sorry, that is mine, isn't it? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been doing That's this for? My yeah? team. So I know uh, Freddie's got the same. He's got Alpha Romeo. And you got Ralph, Ralph Romeo. Romeo. Ralph. Yeah. yeah, he's got fifty points, and uh, I've got forty-six at the moment. Wow. Yeah. Good going, guys. That makes me look really bad. Um, well, you're, you've got 13 points so far, but uh, <laughs> a lot of your players haven't played yet. You've got um, Schmeichel and Chilwell and Vardy. Chilwell's play. injured, uh, so he's not playing. Right, and that brings Zaha in, who got two points. Well, hey, wow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a couple of United players in there as well. Yeah, I think I've got Martial and, and Bruno Fernandes. Oh, okay, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, Shakhtar Senseless. Shakhtar Senseless, yeah. And... <laughs> A little pause. I'm up to 14th in our in the um, number league. Yeah, in that number league. I don't know how that's happening. Okay, so a quick look at our in that number podcasters league. Um, top three still unchanged in rough. We trust Steve McCulloch. Uh, he's nine points ahead of James Thoughts, Yes, and DD, and. Uh, Lucy Heinetz in third at 16.48. John Bailey's roared up to fourth, so that's getting to be quite interesting indeed. Um, indeedy. And <laughs> uh, Bobby Brown in fifth. Bobby Brown? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Who's Bobby Brown again? It was the uh, Whitney Houston. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think it's the same one. I hope not. Um, did he die? Whitney <laughs> Houston died. I thought Bobby Brown did as well. Well, his team's definitely not dead. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm up to 14th in that league somehow. Um, I only real Bobby Brown's had a quite strong week, 61 points so far. He's not dead, by the way. <laughs> oh right, okay. That, that explains how he's doing so well in our fantasy league. Um, yeah, Freddie from the Anglian Insiders in 26. Matt Markstone's 31st, and let's have a look. We got Dan Hargraves in 32nd, Dan Rydell in 33rd. Um, Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you are, 46. Yeah. Not much time, um, right. Where is I'm it? Off 28. You're 28? Oh, yeah, let's go Bill Val Baggins. <laughs> ah, there you go, yes. Okay, so yeah, Athletic Bill Val <laughs> <laughs> That new introduction into the, in that number, the, yeah, 28 on 14.54. How many points did you get this week, Steve? I got 28. Um, so far, though, so I had Newcastle defender on the bench thinking we were going to score, uh, but mm. I didn't really go too well. Oh dear. Yeah, I mean, you could have doubled up with Jack Stevens, and then nobody have kept a clean sheet. It could have been worse, you could have had Valerie. Yeah, mm. true. <laughs> Aguero captain. Or Gineppo. That's quite, that's quite tasty, actually, isn't it? Who? Yeah, d- double game week as well. Double game week, yeah, yeah. grow a captain. But I'm, I don't know, I've, I've always feared that um, at City players, they always get rotated, so I imagine Aguero would yeah. play one of them. Mm. I actually took out all my City players this week. Yeah, I got fed up with the, with the rotation. Mm. Yeah. Um, is that ever fantasy football? I think so. Okay, uh, so, Russian phrase, and actually now, no, it's the first time that you've tried the Russian phrase with us. Yeah, yeah. So, Excited. yeah, looking forward to this one? I am, yeah, very much so. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, the Russian phrase this week, Kevin, is... Yeah, quite appropriately, the Russian phrase this week is Dabro Pajalovic. Dabro Pajalovic. Dabro Pajalovic. Dabro Pajalovic, which means welcome. So, yeah, welcome to you, Steve. That, 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 that is a lot for just welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, very difficult language, Kev. You've done a fantastic job learning that. Uh, I mean, it has its uh, about any language. I say there's, there's easy things and difficult things. I say with Russian, it's spelt the way it's pronounced. You don't have any of that O U G H bollocks and like mm. you have in English um, letters that don't mean anything or aren't pronounced, um, and it's really regular, really regular. So yeah, a lot to learn, but once you've learned it, you're fine. Yeah, there's a very lot to learn, and uh, it's very difficult to pronounce as well, but it's very rewarding. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, yeah. so that is about it this week. Um, yeah, thank you, Steve, for coming on and uh, and joining us now. So yeah, that, that's a, a nice addition to the team. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, I hope that you're going to be our lucky talisman, and uh, we're going to have a, a ni- decent result to talk about next time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, oh, haven't been, so. you haven't been lucky so far, right? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly my prediction as well. Yeah. <laughs> the repeat of the Aston Villa didn't serve me well, did it? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> right, okay, so until next week, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Yeah.
Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.